we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Queery Cast with the Larry Queery Eye. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Hi, hi, hello, and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Criticast. The name is Larry. Thank you very much for joining me, Larry. Queen and I here. And of course, this podcast is brought to you in partnership with Aloft Garden Suite, Aloft uh, Hospitality. We're going to be telling you, Hospitality Group, we're going to tell you a bit about that when as we go in the program. Action-packed per podcast we have today. Um, we're going to talk about the energy methodi. Remember that? Yeah, we need to talk about that. The Amara Brown story. We need to touch that on that a little bit. And then also, I'm going to talk about the marriage. Yes, we did say we're going to talk about marriage issues. Yeah. So a lot of things happen on social media this week. So it's going to, that second part, you're going to be touching a lot of this, that Bianca girl from South Africa. <laughs> a lot of things to talk about. But let's talk first of all about um, uh, what's been happening. Of course, the lockdown was extended, but it was not so much of a lo- uh, extension, not so much of a lockdown. Uh, you might get stopped here and there. You can't really go from one town to the other. But you're hearing that the Skywalk in Tarazi has opened. To who? Because you're not allowed to leave town. So where are you going if you're going to Mutarazi? We need these answers. We need. There's so many questions we have got answers to. We don't have answers to. Yeah, I don't know. Jar Praise's album is out, and the big song that's off that is Meteoro for locals. And then the big song that was trending in other parts of the world is a uh, what is it? Mkwasha. Yeah, that song is like. You know, the video was at number two trending in South Africa. So, Make a Moves, shout out to Jao Praiser for pulling that out. So, the album's called Hokoya and he's been doing a very interesting way of pulling it out. He's just been releasing little tidbits. So, you release a, uh, what do you call it? You release the, uh, you know, the, the songs were being released over three day, two, three day period. Uh, and then the videos have been dropping videos pretty much every day. So, I don't know if it's like releasing a, a whole DVD. Um, but essentially you're going to find it on YouTube. I, I, I'm supposing that he probably wanted to give away DVDs. I don't, I don't know what he planned to do, but it's a very interesting way of rolling out an album. Uh, also happened, shout out to Black Coffee. Yeah, making big moves, a South African DJ, Black Coffee. He's gone out and he's got a, what did it, he bought into Gallo Records, the biggest record label in South African history. So he's got, he's now got shares in Gallo Records. So shout out to Black Coffee. Uh, big moves making big moves. Always love it when, when we know, you know, when people make big moves in life. So he's got a shareholding in that massive, massive company that's got the likes of Tandiswa Mazwai, I think, a distribution. Oliver Mtuzukudzi had distribution through, through them. Uh, Black Mambazo, you know, all sorts of people have what through Gallo Records. It's like 90 years old. So seeing, you know, a generation of people making big moves and making important moves is always a great thing. Mukanya um, is coming out and shouting at kids. And we shouldn't be surprised at Mukanya shouting at kids. It's He's got that syndrome that old people have, you know, when old people are like, yeah, young people these days, you got no respect. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about Mukanya. Uh, you know, as much as I... I respect the guy. He's done some legendary stuff, but he really needs to stop shouting at kids. 
He's come out and saying that young people these days don't have a protest culture. Uh, they let, uh, you know, the powers that be get away with a lot of stuff. But I'm like, yeah, it's not like in the 1960s and 70s in Zimbabwe, there were wildcat strikes and people his age were always, you know, on the streets doing toy toy. That shit wasn't happening. No, it wasn't happening. In fact, probably the biggest uh, protest was in 1977 or 76, I can't remember, uh, when there were 150 university of Rhodesia students that were arrested for protesting. Not much else has been said about protesting in the cities. Yes, there were people that went uh, into the rural areas and fought in the liberation struggle, all young people and stuff like that. But let's pretend, not pretend that the majority of young people were busy toy-toying on the streets. Like, there's something wrong with this generation for not doing that. I've got my issues with the generation, and includes my generation, over some of these things. But to come out and say that it's an especially deficient generation, it's just, it's just not cool, Makanya. You're a legend. That is so uncool. Not cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what else uh, What else do I want to talk about? Yeah, Energy Matodi. He got fired the other day. We don't know what he's fired over, but it might be social media use. I'll be talking a bit about social media use after the the break. We're going to talk about that Bianca woman. And then there's that woman, Amy Cooper, in the United States. And then the Mara Brown situation, everybody got caught up in feelings after how she responded in a specific way. Should they have been all this after the break? What's up? This is Pascal and Pierce. And you guys are listening to the Querycast. And you're probably on crack right now, son. Oh, yeah. So as I say, this episode of the Cast is brought to you in partnership with Aloft Garden Suites. Check them out. Their website is aloft.hospitalitygroup.co.zw. It's situated in the avenues in Harare. Uh, just go between 7th and 8th and Sulu on 70 Sulu Avenue. They've got facilities such as Wi-Fi. They've always got electricity, always got water. So it's a nice place. Uh, and it's a big thing if you're in, in Zimbabwe. So you can get like, great accom- an overnight accommodation at great pricing here in Harare. You're listening to the Criticast. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. This is the Criticast with Larry. Now, uh, Bianca Schumann, South African aspirant for Miss World, I think it was, Miss South Africa, whatever it is, uh, she lost her seat in that because uh, there were some tweets and so forth from long ago that were deemed to be racist. And so people were upset with it. And there was all sorts of outrage. Uh, the modeling agency tried to defend her a little bit, but that didn't work out. So she's kind of like dipped on that. Now, there are questions around that. Uh, yeah, some people say, oh, just serves her right. She's a racist and people classified once a racist, always a racist. I saw tweets on that. But for me, it kind of sat weird because I just kind of felt like, Larry, I've got opinions that I have put out to the world or that I've held true from years ago that might be public record and people just might know about me that I would cringe at right now. I have some opinions that may be downright misogynist, but they come from a space where I just didn't know better. And 
are we really going to be a world in which decides that we cannot treat people as if they can evolve and they become better versions of themselves, that they can, you know, go on and achieve things in their lives? They, I give the example of Liam Neeson, who last year came out and said that there was a time in his life during the troubles in, in Northern Ireland, and in Ireland, rather, he uh, wanted to, he walked out and just wanted to kill a black person because he was angry and something had happened in the moment. And he just did it. Uh, you know, he just went out and he didn't kill a person and stuff like that. But he's ashamed of that very same person that sort of did that. And you can see that, especially when people become more exposed and become less ignorant and find better versions of themselves, that they communicate better versions of themselves. They they now begin to show the world a better version of themselves because they just know better. Is the if you if you watch that fair, that 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 uh, you know it was nominated for one of those awards, <laughs> Black Klansman. Yeah, that was the one uh, that 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 film. It showed a guy who was a Ku Klux Klan member and at some point left the clan and became a different type of person. Now, if we decided to treat that person only and solely on behalf of their belonging to the clan, then we don't believe that people can change and become better. And what's the point of social justice warrior mentality then if it cannot say that people can reform and become better versions themselves? That in itself creates a paradox because, because of that. I'm not saying that the Lady Bianca has reformed or didn't reform or whatever the case may be. But it is, a, it is a dangerous precedent that was created a while ago in which people just feel like if somebody said something when they were five years old, they should be beholden to it for the rest of their lives. But having said that, also, you must realize that you have certain responsibilities that when you tweet. And which is why I always say, for example, don't tweet when you're angry or when you're inebriated. Because you'll tweet things that you're just going to look back and say, oh, goodness me, what was I thinking over there? But and at the same time, own your bullshit. You know, if you're going to say some stuff and it's problematic, when you get asked later on and you still hold those beliefs, and even if they're controversial, say, yes, this is what I said and this is why I said it. Where you now sort of shy away and say, no, this isn't what, what, what it meant. Oh, no, you know, I'm, you, you go the Amy Cooper route and you say, Oh, no, I'm not a racist. It's just because I was just going through this thing. But yeah, but you did some racist stuff. <laughs> okay. When you decide to pick up the phone and you say you're going to, and you're on camera and, you, and you're making sounds like you're under threat. It says um, an African, and you tell the person that you that's being telephoned, that's videoing you, that I want, I'm going to, what did, what did she say? This woman in, in, in Central Park in New York says, I am going to call the cops on you and tell them an African-American man is, try, is threatening me and my dog. That is a trigger. She knows it's a trigger. She knows it will, it will scare the black man into believing that, that it, you know, cops are going to come and shoot him. And this is, this is a time in America where people just get shot. Okay. And then in, in, in other contexts, when I'm the, aforementioned, the before-mentioned energy maturity situation, I, you know, if you are employed by the PR department of the government, you are supposed to be measured in your approach of communication. So if you go out and just start saying, first of all, attacking your boss, your immediate boss, that's not helpful. 
that you're doing that on Twitter. And if you go then attack um, the, the boss of a different ministry, who was obviously a senior, a much more senior government official, and within your political party, a much more senior person than you, that doesn't help you. It, it just creates a lot of problems for you. And then when you then go, uh, you know, your response to the alleged, alleged abduction of uh, the M women from the MDC alliance, your position of communication, even if it's a partisan position, you show absolutely no empathy. And in fact, suggest that they are prostitutes whose deal went wrong. Then it just you, you just create an untenable position for yourself. I'm not saying that is the reason he got fired, but surely whatever PR the government, whatever spin the government could do, couldn't work. Because if the government, the person who's uh, one of the senior people in one of the spin doctor department of the government is the one causing embarrassing situations like, you know, screaming at foreign leaders like John Magufuli and so forth and creating diplomatic incidents, then surely you make your position untenable. And therefore, it leads me to the next thing where I say when you tweet to Sire, you should know what you can get away with. So um, if you have a boss, therefore, there's certain things you can't get away with tweeting. But if you're Donald Trump and you're the boss of America, then therefore, there are things you can get away with. And if, if you're a spin doctor, like if you, if you read The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump and how he manipulates the media, it's a brilliant read, um, then you, you know what you're doing has got a certain purpose and how you're going to spin it and how the media is going to fall in love with you in one way or the other at the, at the, at the, end, of it, at the end of it all. So you kind of know what you're doing. And another example of what you can treat as something that you can get, a, get away with is like Cardi B. And let's look at uh, where she says certain things. She talked about her positions on COVID-19 and stuff like that. And because of her position and what she's done, a lot of that stuff isn't going to affect her money. You look at Amara Brown with a situation where there was a, a, a person who, who tweeted that they were very upset that she, she uh, did not uh, take a selfie with them during that march that got rid of Robert Mugabe. Um, she said, you know, I, I didn't have security and I'm not sorry about it that I didn't stop for you to give a selfie with me. And people are like, how can you say I'm not sorry? Like, why should she be sorry? I mean, would I say I'm not sorry? Perhaps not. Uh, but uh, probably I would. But I mean, if she decided not to say I'm not sorry or decided to ignore the conversation altogether, that would be a situation. And, that, and that's another reason why a lot of celebrities across the world are beginning to ignore Twitter uh, because it's just a cesspool sometimes. People just sort of like look at your tweets and look for something to be angry about. So then she says, she says I'm not sorry. And she revealed later in, in the conversation that she had been molested even with security so she's got insecurities about uh going into public places without the you know and doing sorts of things um and that speaks to a, a whole major different type of issue that i'll talk about later i mean not not today but in a, in a future podcast about security and things like that but when you really look at it um she can say that it's not going to affect her money it's not going to in any way result in her being fired by an advertising you know a, co a lucrative contract or whatever it is she can say that because well if you look at a lot of the people that were complaining about her response they don't really follow her they don't really 
if you don't follow her on Twitter, you're not even, if she decides to sell you as a commodity to an advertising agency so that, you know, whatever the case may be, she, you're not even a commodity, you're not even part of that. Um, so just to give you some of the ideas around safe social media, I, I would always say keep your private life off. I mentioned, I mentioned don't post when drunk or angry. And I always say own your bullshit. That's, that's very important. One of the most important things. To, and then also, yeah, don't, 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 don't be kind of like in a situation where you think that what other people say has and their beliefs about you have anything to do with you most of the time. It's their perspective is what they believe. Isn't most of the time it's not anything you've done. Some people are going through things and therefore that colors their perspective of things. So if somebody doesn't understand you and they see that they're trying to pick a fight, walk away from it. It's not something that you really need to win. It's not fundamental. Just walk away from it. Because you might just go into the dregs and people see see it as a Twitter storm and stuff like that, and nothing happens. And some people are like, Larry, but you sometimes tweet things that upset people. How do you carry on tweeting? It's because I know I tweet from a pure space. I'm not trying to be, you know, a dictator or some sort of thing. I tweet from a pure space. I tweet my honesty. And it's either I tweet my honesty or I don't tweet at all. And for me to be silenced by the possibility of the tyranny of the masses... I decide not to be silenced by the tyranny of the masses. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Clive Chikubi, and you're listening to the Query Cast. Shop, shop. Says Larry, you listen to the Query Cast. So, um, what are you going to do first of all? I'm going to play some audios of what people think about marriage. And then there was someone like, I'm not going to send an audio. Can you just read my, my what I had to say? So, I'm going to play some of the, I'm going to read some of the statements. Then, my position of what I think marriage should be. Um, yeah, Slary, listen to the critic asked. So with the rising rates of divorce and infidelity, I think marriage, <clears throat> traditional marriage, is just not what it used to be. Today, uh, people, I mean, it's more to do with the fact that we've changed as a society and things are more acceptable now. Because in our parents' time, divorce was just not an option. You know what I mean? So who's to say that a couple that has been married for 60 years, they probably went through a fair share of drama and issues. But somehow they made it through, right? But I can guarantee you this, they were probably miserable. A lot of these marriages are not what we think they are. Like on the outside, they appear like, oh my goodness, couple goals, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, for me, I just think marriage is not cut out, is not what it's cut out to be. Um, it's definitely not this fairy tale. It's definitely not love and roses and all that. Not at all. So, I think now the idea of perhaps marrying someone for five years with the subject to renewal almost like a contract like what they do in sports like soccer for example they sign a contract for five years and then if it's going well they'll continue or if they get another bid from another club they'll go with it and they, uh, that kind of transaction i guess 
can be applied to, to, to marriage. Yes, I think that that would actually be... I never thought of that, and I think that that would actually be an interesting way of testing the marriage system. Reinventing it. Because clearly, I just... I just don't think marriage is... is what we think it is. But we've grown up to make... We've grown up to... As we get older, we realize now. It's actually... I, I, I personally think less people should get married. And if we look at why most people get married, it's because they want children. If you think about it, at least... I'm speaking as a, from, from the perspective as a woman. Most people want to get married because they want kids. If you think about it, though. Um, so... I think even the family structure is changing. You don't necessarily have to get married to have it, to have children. So that could be an option. Marriage on a contract basis. Um, I think that would definitely switch things up, and it's something maybe we, it's like a, we can do like a trial period to see how it works. Hey Larry, so yeah, I do agree there's been a rise in divorce cases and extramarital affairs in our society. But I don't think that means that traditional marriages have been outdated. If a person really knows what marriage means, and a person like me, <laughs> where it means doing life together, I don't think you would want to get into an open marriage, a living situation, or those time-bound contracts. Because it means you've got to plan your life together with your partner. And it's so hard to do that if you have to share that with other people out there or if you know you've got a limited time. So I don't think such situations are for the weak or for people like us who are suckers for love. So we are not killing traditional marriages. For those that it works well, to each their own. Hi Larry. Okay, my thoughts on marriage. <laughs> I'm a romantic at heart, so I still believe in marriage. I think it's still a very beautiful institution, and I think it's people's reasons for getting married that are causing it to seem like it's a problem. Because I mean, people are getting married for security, because of pressure. Um, they feel pressured because of age, because all their friends are getting married, or everybody in their circles is getting married. Their exes are getting married, and they want to show people that I can, I can get married also. Um, also, sometimes um, people are not, they're not comfortable being alone, and they don't realize that you can actually thrive in your singleness. But so yeah, those are some of the things that cause people to then get settled in with people who they are not really um, comfortable spending, you know, the rest of their lives together with, and. Um, the other thing is people don't quite understand that together forever or till death do us part is actually a long time. Even if you get divorced, because you got married in the first instance, you are still going to be tied together somehow, I feel. And if you had children, even worse, I think it's worse than breaking up with somebody. So, um, I'm not uh, time bound. I'm actually, um, say after five years, subject to renew i don't think so i think if you're not ready just don't get married 
um, open marriage, if you're not ready for a commitment, because marriage is a commitment. You're saying that I want to settle down. I want to be with you forever. And I want to build a life and a family with you, just the one person. So if you're not ready for that, then don't get married. There's nothing wrong with being a bachelor or bachelorette for life, you know. So if you're not ready, don't get married. And, and, um, yeah well i I can't say there's a one size fits all to say that love is the only thing love and compatibility are the only things that mm, make marriages work because like if we look at Udara, there were arranged marriages and sometimes it was for gain sometimes it was for benefit and they made it work so but now people are getting married for love and it's not working <laughs> so then it leads you to unknown what are the um what are, are, are the ingredients for a marriage that works i don't know but i feel like you shouldn't settle people are settling that's the thing when you settle for a man that you can't respect that you can't love that you can't see in your eyes as somebody worth uh saying um this is my husband or vice versa this is my wife or this is i i feel like if you settle then that's basically for disaster already so yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay, so I think that live-in situations are quite practical for a number of reasons, chief among them that it is fairly easy to end a relationship which has been in the form of a live-in situation because there's nothing that has been formalized. Oftentimes, families are not even aware of this living relationship it's kept under wraps so it's easy to end that relationship the reason why a lot of marriages drag and drag even though they're not really working is because it involves a lot of other people who have an opinion uh, about whether or not this relationship should end and oftentimes they're trying to encourage that the two parties prolong the duration of the marriage for as long as possible so it's very difficult to to come to the decision of divorcing in a traditional marriage setup uh, which is why I think open marriages um quite interesting, but the idea of uh, who is aware of the final details of this marriage is subject to question. I think that people have had sort of open marriages for a while to a certain degree. For the longest time, women have been encouraged to turn a blind eye when their husbands are cheating and most importantly, to not tell other people about it. And I think that is in some way um, allowing one part one party of the marriage to have multiple partners and that's sort of open in a way perhaps what is changing now as women become more financially uh, independent in their own right is that they perhaps yield more negotiating power in the setup of a marriage to be in a position to actually negotiate for openness that goes both ways so it's quite interesting but i think if that were to happen I don't see it becoming a trend that we can observe. I think it's something that people who are in these marriages will keep to themselves because society still expects the traditional form of a marriage from us. And a lot of people really just like to keep their stuff private. So yes and no, I think it may happen, but if it does, we may not necessarily be aware of it. Regarding the idea of a marriage being time bound, I also, that also doesn't sit well with me. What I would like, I think, a, a friend of mine has this situation going on in her marriage where her and her husband are open enough. Both parties have to be 
especially honest enough with each other and with themselves in order for this to work. So with her and her husband, um, they sit down at the end. I probably would make it the end of every two weeks. I don't know if I could do it every the end of every week. But they sit down at the end of every week and they re and they evaluate their relationship. They talk openly and like I said, honesty is 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 essential here. They talk openly and honestly about where they stand. And this lady's been married for years to her husband, but she said that if today he were to say to me you know things have changed and i'd like to walk away i think they have two kids or something she said i'm 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 willing to let him go and he needs to you know if 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 the tables were turned he'd also let me go but this situation will only work if both parties are 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 extremely honest with each other not only with each other but with themselves and are not afraid to at some point, if they feel that um, it's not working, if they're not, it will only work if they're not afraid to tell their partner that, look, we've been together for 20 years, but I now feel differently and I'd like to walk away. And both parties need to be mature enough to accept that. That's something I would do, but yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to fight. What was this? Five years subject to renewal. I, I don't know if it's the same concept, but I like what my friend and her husband do within their marriage. Hi, Larry. Uh, okay, I'm seeing this discussion. You know, marriage should just remain in a sacred institution like before. We cannot afford to have a marriage where it's open and people are free to do whatever they want. It's against the word of God and it's just against morality. And just considering the world that you're living in, with all the illness, all the things that are going on, HIV and AIDS, STIs, and uh, we can't afford to do that. If you're not ready for marriage, just stay away. And when you're ready, make sure you adhere to the rules and regulations of marriage. That's it. We cannot condone the issue of living. We cannot condone the issue of open relationship or attempt marriages. That's, it doesn't make sense, in my opinion because it's sacred marriage is sacred and the good thing about marriage is you enter into a marriage knowingly open-minded it's not something that you're forced into so you have to think about it first understand what marriage is what you're getting yourself into before entering into marriage because mm, no we can't do that we cannot do that open marriage can lead to something else this world becomes something else where everyone just do whatever they want at any given time whoever they are with whoever they are with we can't do that people should be morally right and be ready to to be married or to marry so yeah that's that's what i think when you're not ready do whatever you want uh, i mean explore enjoy and whatever and when you're ready to settle, make sure you're getting yourself into something that is confined to one person and it is with its own rules, regulations, and you do as you expected. Not just dilly-dallying and doing things willy-nilly because uh, you you can just walk away from the relationship or walk away from the marriage just like that. No. Actually, I think if you get into a relationship, you should not be allowed to get out of it because you decided to do that. It was out of your decision. And that's you.
so yeah that's what i think of course it's, it's a bit crazy but yeah that's my opinion there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases wash your hands avoid close contact with people who are sick avoid touching your eyes nose and mouth stay home when you are sick cover your cough or sneeze clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray for more information visit cdc.gov covid19 furnished by the national association of broadcasters and this podcast Okay, so some of the other opinions that wouldn't go on audio says it depends on who you marry. I still want to get married in the traditional sense. I think a marriage can work as long as one with the right, is with the right partner. I have thought about the idea of living with someone, but I, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, another one, another opinion that wouldn't go on record with audio. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> says, I don't think traditional marriage is outdated. Neither do I think forever can be promised and guaranteed. However, I think marriage should be de- dictated by those who have chosen to be married and it should be governed by their rules and terms. It is after all a contract contractual agreement and therefore should be treated as such flexible and negotiated to fit those who have been, dis- who have decided to enter into the agreement with, of course, the option to withdraw their commitment without being punished for it. For some weird weird reason, when it comes to marriage, we seem to forget that people grow up and grow apart sometimes. We also seem to forget that uh, that out of 7 billion plus people in the world, it is impossible to impose a one-size-fits-all. Our needs are different and at, 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 at different phases of our lives. And in some cases, no one person can satisfy these needs. Another aspect is that we have been groomed to believe that you, as an individual, can love one and only one person in your life, which I find to be quite strange and quite a flawed concept. The concept of monogamy pretty much teaches selfishness behavior from an early age with not much explained uh, explanation to back it up. To put it into context, we're taught to, uh, to own this one person uh, moment we, uh, the moment we decide to date each other. You are now mine because you love me and I love you and own your body, your soul, and no one else is allowed to come close. Huh? Why is it wrong for one person to feel the same emotions for more than one person? If I can hate or at least dislike multiple people and put them in one little box of hate, why can't I love multiple people and put them in one big box of love? Because I'm to say the concept of marriage is one I'm yet to understand. It's unfortunate I got into it prematurely. I don't, uh, j- I just don't get this concept of ownership, yet we speak against slavery. Hmm. Now, of course, when I, uh, marriage has evolved. I mean, remember the original concept of marriage was more about the ownership of the woman more than anything else. So essentially, because you couldn't tell whether, you know, the kid was yours or not, the idea was she became like the children, the property of the man. So therefore, you know, when people got married, they took the man's surname, they took the, the you know, the children stopped being children of, this, of the clan of the, of the woman. They only became children of the clan of the man. So over time, even if you look at the way a lot of marriage is, is practiced, the predication of it all is that of ownership by the male of the woman. So I can understand the feeling about that. It's involved in the last hundred years or so due to literature and context and so forth and to being about love. People must love and people have the same amount of agency in a relationship. But in reality, 
the, the, the important building blocks of it all still don't exist. So they only recently have laws come into place that protect a woman a lot more than they did uh, long before in terms of marriage. And, and you know, he, that stuff still hasn't been sorted out. So in, in the construct, I mean, if we talk about a contractual agreement, I think the reality of it all is that everything, like a lot of things in the world right now, is up for grabs. The idea of what cities and countries and relationships with people are all up for grabs. The traditional format, unless you create traditional systems around it, is just not going to survive. What I mean by that is to say, if you want to have a traditional, you know, marriage with the ethics that it comes with, you need to have a traditional family. So your family has to have all the support systems, all that stuff has to be in place for a traditional marriage to be, to be able to survive because the predication of a traditional type of marriage is that. And when I say traditional marriage, you're not talking about Lobola type marriage. This includes marriage through courts and so forth because remember the family be, remains the arbitrator of the marriage. So if something goes wrong, the marriage, the, the family steps in and says, you know what, this is what we do. We know our person and stuff like that. And that's why you find a lot of situations where people are getting divorced early because that support system that makes sure that the relationship can last for decades just doesn't exist anymore. And it, so the negotiating of the contract as you go is what's going to have to happen. And if, if, if you're young and think about marriage or older and think about marriage, that's what you're going to have to consider. And that's why I'm, I'm glad that the government is now taking into consideration the idea of civil partnerships in Zimbabwe. Because the, the traditional systems that provide for happiness for unions have to be restored in order to be able to just say we're going to stick to old formats, People must be behaving in a certain way, must emotionally be connected in a specific way. I like the part of the one person who says, yeah, why do I have to love one person all my life? I'm not saying when I get into a marriage, I plan to marry, to, to love 50 people. But if I find 50 other people, why should I be, have to be in one person? And, and the other side of it, if, you know, contractual obligations create a level of, of selfishness. Kanye West said monogamy is... He's selfish. Mm, yeah, of course, that he got married and he's in a monogamous relationship. So, psh, shout out to that. Again, that social media thing, you held a position at some point in time, your mind changed. People can change their minds. Now, this doesn't speak to what I probably will end up getting into. I don't know. I could end up being the most monogamous person in the history of the universe. But, I don't know. People must open themselves up to the idea that Everything that they believe about a lot of things that are happening right now is wrong. And everything is up for debate. And I, I'm just hopeful that whatever you, system you choose, right, is going to work for you. It's good. That, that, that's what you're going to do. You gotta, and you hopefully find the sort of person that it works with. And, and I know traditionally we've always said, hey, you know, maybe you need to find somebody the same kind of beliefs as you. But I, it turns out that... Some of the most successful marriages have been people who you just don't have any be same beliefs with because the the human the the humane aspect of both of you had levels of compatibility that couldn't be replicated in a person who seemed perfect for you. And then also sometimes, really, some people just get married because they're in love with the idea of being married. You know, the classical systems, you know, 
the boy meets girl, let's get married and live forever together. So then it's it's an idea you're in love with, but it's not what life is. So those are my thoughts on marriage. Um, so get in touch with me, Larry at freemob.com. Uh, that's my email address uh, on Twitter at Queedidai. Uh, Queedidai is spelled with a K W I R I R A Y I. Back on radio in a few weeks, as soon as things normalize, I'll be giving you updates and how that's going to happen. Um, also, Iona.fm, shout out to them. This, they power this podcast. Thank you for the hosting. They are so incredible. Uh, make sure you go and check them out. They've got different packages for what you'd like to host. Some of the continent's biggest broadcasters have been using Iono.fm as their uh, service provider. And we're very fortunate to be able to to, to be uh, on that platform. And it, it works wonderfully for, for African creators. But the podcast is also available on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, whatever podcast system that you're looking for just for Quiddicast so that whenever there's a new episode, subscribe and you can just be updated and stuff like that. Yeah, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Um, so yeah, for, for the next one, I forgot to mention what you're going to do for next week's episode. I'm going to find out where you get in touch with me on. Is I did mention that relationships with other people who are quite different people could work. So my question is, is that an outlier? And how can can you manage, for example, dating somebody from a different religious background? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Would you countenance such a situation? Or maybe you know they believe in believe in ghosts, and you is there a place that's a deal breaker, like a belief system, specifically a belief system? Not talking about race and stuff like that, but a belief system that you just kind of like, oh, they believe in aliens that, that their uncle got abducted by aliens the aliens had an anal problem that therefore they believe that every time they have a pain in the anus then therefore it's because their uncle communicating with them or something that is like a last straw for you <laughs> yeah so yeah do, do get in touch i did say what you get in touch with me on yeah it's larry is the critic cast as i always say from where i come from i see you take care of yourself